I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Neil Anderson. Welcome to my podcast. This is Return to Real, the health and fitness podcast. I'm excited about today and I'm also super nervous. Here's the deal. Last week and for the last two weeks, because he's such a big star, we've been pumping Drew Manning. We've been previewing Drew Manning. We were saying, remember the fit to fat to fit guy? I know he do. He's he's incredibly famous. And I felt so incredibly happy that he could come and he was going to come be on. And so you're wondering, well, where's Drew today? He, he wrote to us this morning, man, he couldn't make it. And that's what happens sometimes. So I'm nervous and I'm sitting here and we rescheduled for March 12th. I'm super excited to talk to him. I had so many questions for him, but those will have to wait. In the meantime, it's just you and me today. But I do have a plan. Here's the thought. The thought is this. Six weeks ago, we're sitting here on the 13th of February right now, and six weeks ago, many, many, many folk, many of you, made a commitment to get in better shape, right? January 1st, we all made our New Year's resolution, and we decided we were going to get it in the best shape of our lives this year. This year, we were going to do it. Now, statistically, 90% of you, according to the World Health Organization, 90% of you, by now, six weeks later, have failed. Have failed, not doing it anymore. You're done, and you weren't able to achieve your goals. Now, I don't think that's true for those of you listening to this podcast, because here's my thoughts. My thoughts are that if you're listening to a health and fitness podcast, you're probably a step ahead of most people who are trying to become healthy and fit. But the rest of the folks that you know aren't making it. So what I thought I would do today is go over tips and tricks. I have five of them that will help us get in the best shape of our lives. So maybe along the way, you've maybe hit a, a hiatus. You're, you're not working out as hard as you used to. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe the reason is you didn't have a great understanding of what this process is. Maybe the reason is there's just a little gap in your nutrition. Maybe the reason is you didn't get entirely motivated. And I have tips and tricks on that. And so today I was hoping to discuss that with you and share what I thought my tips and tricks would be. I'm a trainer. I've been around for a long time, 26 years in this industry now. I started, I got my ACE certification, American Council on Exercise certification in 1994. And since that day, I've done nothing but help people get in shape and learn. I'm, I'm a nerd like this. I love this industry. I love helping people. I love the spark that goes on in somebody's eyes when they, they get healthy and when they get fit. 
or when they finally are able to connect the dots between nutrition and fitness, or when they thought they were doing the thing that was helping them become fit, and then they really do the thing that helps them to become fit. That right there is what I live for. So having been around for a little while, having done 13 different certifications, I have a college degree in this, I thought we'd just sit and discuss. I hope you'll join me. I hope you go over some of the, the thoughts and the tips and the tricks. Um, 90%, that's a lot. Like, I can't believe that. That's a real statistic. Go look that up. 90% of people aren't able to do it. So here's my suggestions. Let's talk about what it takes to become healthy and fit. And I think that the very first thing the person has to do, number one, you got to get your intentions right. What is your actual intention for becoming healthy and fit? Here's the problem. Here's where people go wrong. I'm going to become healthy and fit. Usually stops at, I'm going to start, I'm going to run a 5k this year. That's cool. And I think that's a, a, a healthy pursuit. I think it's a good pursuit. I think it's a worthy pursuit. But understand this, fitness goes far beyond that, right? Healthy and fit. You've still got nutrition to worry about. And running is just a piece of health. It isn't quite your health. There was a lady one time that I was talking to. This is what illustrated the point best for me. I used to do these weird things. I would sit down with a client. A client would come into my office. I was getting really heady. This is back in the early aughts. And I would sit down with my clients and I would sit and I would, I would try to get them focused. I would, I would help them visualize. I, I believe in the Veer method, visualization, visualization um, equals emotion. So if you can get it visualized just right, you can become emotional about that. Once you become emotional about that, you'll take action and that will give you results. Veer, right? So my thought was I would sit down with a client and we would visualize and I would help them visualize. So I started studying like Tony Robbins and all of these other super visual types. Zig Ziglar was a big person in my life back then. And one of the things they would tell you is you have to know exactly what it is that you want. And then you have to visualize that in order to visualize it, that you have to know exactly and then write that down. So I sat down with a lady and I was asking her, I was like, what is it exactly that you want? And she was cool. She was honest. I don't get a lot of honesty, not, not hyper honesty, not the type that it takes. And she looks me square in the eye, she, little tear comes down and she goes, I need to lose this 40 pounds. And I was like, well, why? She's like, I can't keep up. I'm not healthy. I'm not happy. I don't like how I look in the mirror. I don't like me. Now, I'm no counselor, but I can tell you that if you hear something like that, that person's not healthy. So I said, cool. Well, what have you done about it? How's that? I was going through the Dr. Phil stuff. Remember the Dr. Phil? Dr. Phil is, um, what are you doing right now? Like, what's your problem? What are you doing to fix your problem? And how's that working for you? That's Dr. Phil's thing. If, if you need to know and you're wondering what Dr. Phil's thing has been, it's, what, what's your problem? What have you been doing about it, and how's that working for you? So I asked her, what, what are you doing about it? We, we clearly defined her problem. She's like, well, I started training for a marathon. I'm like, well, so you want to be a runner? She's like, no, 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 no. I'm doing that to get fit. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought we just said we wanted to lose weight. I thought that was your big thing. She's like, yeah, I want to get fit and lose weight. I'm like, well... 
I love your thoughts on that, but you understand that those are those are coordinated pursuits, but they're not exactly the same thing. And, and by, by throwing a pile on that, let me let me ask you this: What's your understanding of getting fit? She goes, "Well, running a marathon, marathoners are fit." And I was like, "But I thought you said you wanted to lose weight." She goes, "I do." She couldn't see, and it took me a little while to point out to her. She couldn't see that those are different pursuits. So I just said it to her. I'm like, let me see if I got this straight. You're trying to lose weight by marathon training. She's like, yeah. Didn't see it. Didn't even occur to her. And so I said it again. I tried to, I tried to say it in a more ridiculous way. You're trying to lose weight by marathon training. You understand that marathon training is not a weight loss modality. Please tell me you get that. She didn't. And that was the very first time in my life I ever realized that, oh, people think that fitness is this ubiquitous thing that if you do anything, I call it Cheeto fitness. The guy that gets off the couch, runs to the refrigerator, or gets a bag of Cheetos and comes back and sits down is more fit, supposedly, than the guy that tells his kid to do it or trains the dog to do it. Cheeto fitness. Everything counts, right? That's what she thought. That's what a lot of... The people who quit and didn't, the 90% that have quit in the last six weeks, that's what they're thinking. They're thinking everything counts. It doesn't, folks. My very first suggestion is get your intentions right. And let me tell you something. If your intention is to lose weight, you have no business marathon training yet. Marathon training is about teaching your body to withstand the rigors of running 26.2 miles. It was thought at one point in human history to be the absolute ultimate thing that a body could do. The ultimate, the highest point of human endurance was 26.2 miles. Why? Because Pheidippides died on the way from, I think it was Athens to Marathon. It was 26.2 miles. He went to tell him that they had beaten, I forget who it was, I, I remember, but I'm making this up as I go. Not, but Pheidippides died. 26.2 miles. That's, it was thought to be the ultimate length of human endurance. And it was quite an achievement. And a lot of people weren't able to do it until really the 70s when footwear started coming along and people were able to do better training protocol and understood things like hydration and nutrition. Then the marathon became popular. Before that, it was a dangerous thing to do. And here we are now thinking, oh, we look at the TV and everybody's doing this marathon training and they look svelte and they looked so good. And that must mean healthy, right? It's not understand this marathon training is opposite of weight loss training. It's not a weight loss protocol. It wasn't meant to be. It was about teaching your body withstand the rigors of running 26.2 miles. And, and let me just point this out. Understand that when you are weight loss training, if you're training for weight loss and that's one of your goals, understand that what you want to become is highly inefficient at exercise. You don't want to be good at it, right? You never want to get good at it because the worse you are at it, the more calories you will spend doing it. And that's a big part of your process is burning calories. Now watch this. When you marathon train, Okay, when you learn to run a mile, and for some of us, that's a big achievement when we run our first mile. When you run that first mile, you burned a lot of calories to get that done. If it was your very first mile ever and you're 40 or 50 pounds overweight, that's a big deal. Now, next month, if you continue to run that mile and run that mile and train for that mile and train for that mile, you'll become better at running that mile and 
better conditioned for running the mile. Therefore, a, a month from now, you'll try to run that mile again. And let me just ask you, will you burn more calories or fewer calories? Yeah, fewer calories. Weight loss modality? It is not, right? Now, it'll take two miles or a faster one mile. And that just goes ad infinitum, right? That keeps going. Weight loss training, marathon training is not a weight loss modality. It wasn't meant to be. Same thing with bodybuilding. We get these folks that'll come in. Hey, I want to start doing this bodybuilding stuff. Cool. What's your goal? If they don't say to me, my goal is to build the biggest muscles possible, stand in a little tiny piece of cloth on a lit stage and flex for judges, they really have no business following bodybuilding protocol. And that was what they used to teach us. They used to teach us that bodybuilding was terrific. You had two points, two things you could do in the 90s. You could do bodybuilding protocol or East German strength training, neither of which were what most of us want. So number one goal, the number one thing in my top five ways of getting fit. First thing, get your intentions right. If you're training for a marathon, please use marathon training protocol. If you're trying to get generally physically prepared, if you're trying to, be, to lose weight, there's better. There's better. Much better. So get your intentions right, right off the bat. Understand what it is that you want and go find a training protocol built specifically for that. And that's going to be my very first piece of advice. That's why people quit. In my opinion, the reason people quit exercising isn't because they got lazy. Like everybody wants to tell you, oh, you got lazy and quit. Ha ha. I don't think so. That's not my experience with people. I think what happens is people get smart. Because they did dial into strength training protocol, Olympic training protocol, CrossFit, which is its own training type of protocol, marathon training. And they try to use that for generally physically prepared, weight loss, general health. And understand that all of those things I just named have their own specific intentions. And none of them were built for what it is over here that you said you wanted. So let's get your intentions straight. Right off the bat, it's not because you're lazy. You got smart. You quit because it didn't work. It was inefficient. If you're like me, I'm a minimalist. I have no intention of performing exercise for exercise's sake. I exercise to get from exercise. I am the master always. Exercise is the servant. I do not serve my fitness. Fitness serves me. So that's number one. Deep, heavy. That's okay. I'm just getting started. We got four to go. Four more. That's the first thing, though. Go check in. Check in with yourself. Understand what it is that you're doing specifically. After that, have this. Have an understanding of the word health. 96%, according, according to the World Health Organization, only 4% of people have a specific training protocol that asks for something sports-like a sports training protocol. Only 96% or 4% of people want to be a great bodybuilder, want to be a great athlete. That means the other 96% of us are in this for health. So it's my conjecture that you understand the word health. Now, let me tell you, this isn't so easy. Watch this. I'm on Google right now. Lindsay pulled this up for me. Health, noun. Do you know what health is? Ask yourself, watch, it's so easy because people go, oh, are you going to get healthy? Yeah, and it seems like we all know exactly what we're talking about. But do you know what health is? 
What specifically is it? You want to mess with your doctor? Go ask him. Dude, tell me the definition of health. They don't have one. Not one that you can use to get started tomorrow. Here's what Google has to say on it. And Google is kind of a copy of the dictionary. A state of being free from illness or injury. That's it. That's the definition of health. Does, it health. Does that get you started? You ready to go? I know, me either. So here I am. I'm a 26-year-old kid. I'm two years into my training, like my training career, and I knew this was what I was going to do for a living. I'm in school. I go to my teacher. I sit down. And I'm like, all right, I'm so excited to get healthy. Teach me what healthy is. And they're like, back then it wasn't even this. This is the new World Health Organization thing. And by the way, they have some kind of cool stuff. I think they've been copying me. But they're getting better at it. But still, Google says a state of being free from illness or injury. Back then, in the 90s, do you know what the definition of health was? The ability to pass on one's genes. That was it. That was the definition of health. I'm like, great. I can't wait to be healthy. This is dumb. I don't understand what this is. I have this thought that I want to be healthy. And then academia, Google, my doctor, don't necessarily have a specific definition of health. So I start looking and I start looking. It's not out there. So I started putting it together. Now, here's what you need to know. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think health is. But you need to know I'm not married to this. I'm married to the definition of health. I'm, 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 I'm committed to seeking out what specifically health is so that then I can apply that to my life and I can have a more joyous, a more happy life. I think that's why people exercise. That's why they even care about their diets. Um, I don't care if I'm wrong, so I want you to challenge me on this. What I care about is getting it right. Here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that health is the combination of eight different things, and you can only be as healthy as you have perfect balance across these eight categories. Let me read them to you. The first one is mental, mental health, emotional health, social health, and spiritual health. They're different. Mental and emotional health are different. And for you to be healthy, you'll need to have both. I had a, had a buddy that was what everybody considers the picture of health. He was a a fitness model before Instagram. Now, that's a big deal because that means he was on magazines, he was on TV, and he had what I would call a perfect body. Let's not even say that. I don't believe in those words anymore. But you would say it, and others that you know would say it. Let's say the 90% that failed, they'd say it. He, he was perfect. Big capped shoulders, biceps for days, perfect abs, eight-pack abs before eight-pack was a thing, right? This guy had tremendous physicality. And he would call me often from jail. Neil, got in trouble again last night. You come get me. The picture of health isn't necessarily healthy. Therefore, you have to have all eight of these things that I'm talking about. Perfect balance. What was, I won't say his name. What was his issue? I don't know. I can tell you, though, that he struggled a little socially. I can tell you that he struggled emotionally. But he had the physical down. Here are the eight again. I haven't said them yet. Mental, emotional, social, spiritual, intellectual, environmental, fiscal, and physical. Those are the eight that I've discovered. If we will tr put those in a big circle, in a wheel, and try to create balance, we can roll forward. Those of us that aren't fiscally healthy will struggle. Now, the books will tell you that fiscally healthy just means 
enough to cover your own so that you're not worried about where you're going to sleep tomorrow or what you're going to eat later this afternoon fiscally. But it's a consideration for sure. Does that mean you have to be rich? No. In fact, a lot of the books that I'm reading are telling you the richer you are, the harder you have with your health, other aspects of your health. We say them again, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, intellectual, environmental, fiscal, and lastly is physical. Lastly is physical. And I always put these in a list of these eight. And on the bottom, I always put physical as the bottom. And I'll tell you why. Physical is the only of the eight that you can touch. And the more senses that a person can involve in a learning process, the faster and more completely they'll learn. And so what that means is you want to touch everything you can in a learning process, right? If you can hear it, if you can touch it, if you can taste it, if you can smell it, you'll learn it faster than those that just read it. And that's just the truth. Everybody will tell you that. And physical of these mental, emotional, social, spiritual, intellectual, environmental, physical, physical, physical is the only of the eight you can touch. You can put your fingers on. How do I improve my spiritual health? Well, there's no arguing that I need to, but how do I touch it? How do I touch my spiritual health? How do I touch my physical? Give me eight burpees. Go. I can put your physical on you right now. I can put your ability to learn on you right now. I can make you feel a burpee. I can make you feel the physical. That makes physical the most important of the eight in the learning process. Because here's the deal. What you learn, the skills and abilities you learn for improvement in the physical transfer. Does that make sense? They transfer. They go through. So if I learn how to progressively overload the physical in a healthy positive way, I can take that same thing, progressive overload, apply it to the financial, progressively overload. Today I have this many abilities to increase my or impact my financial future. Tomorrow I'll have more. It's the same process, right? Um, staying with a thing over and over and over, doing it again and again and again, working out more than not applies to being social, becoming social and putting yourself in social positions more than not four out of the seven days a week will improve your social sta- standing, social well-being. That's the same with the physical. It's cool. See how they transfer? The physical transfers. That's my second piece of advice. Let's understand health. Number one, get your intentions right. Know what you're doing here. And generally, that'll be for most of us, except 4%. I want to become healthy. Well, now let's give that the weight that it deserves. What is health? Understand that health is multidimensional and a physical is just the piece. And once you get that, we can move on to what specifically physical. And this is the important part. This is the part. This is the to-do portion of my, my little radio show today, my podcast. It's, this is to-do. So I want to start our next segment with that part. I want to start our next segment with what is the to-do what can I do tomorrow, today, to start to improve my physical health? And this will include our lecture on how to get fit. But it starts with those other two things. We also have nutrition to cover and a little motivational thought. And by little, I mean very little. This is the Return to Real podcast. I'm Neil Anderson right here, Honest Health and Fitness. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hi, welcome back to the Return to Real podcast. This is Neil Anderson. Today, we're discussing... How to get healthy and fit. What my top fitness tips are, my five top fitness tips are, for those of us that are trying to plow into this new year, you know that it's February 13th, right? That means tomorrow is Couples Day. But here's the thing that we're not thinking about in deepest, darkest February. We're not thinking about bikini season, but you need to know that's like 90 days away. And you've got just enough time to get in shape. So this is my podcast where we discuss how to get into shape. And I would argue that there are five things that you need to know. There's, there are a lot of things to do, but five things that you need to know. And we discussed earlier in the podcast, the first thing to do, get your intentions right. Make sure that what you're doing is specific to your intention. Let's not marathon train with a weight loss intention. They're opposite of each other, and it's a bad idea. Let's understand the meaning of health. Most of us have a healthy aspiration. We want to become more healthy. That's what we tell people. I'd like to get healthy. And I see this all over the world. I I used to travel the world, and I would ask people fitness questions. And I would sit up. I had this speech that I used to do. I would stand at the front of a couple thousand people, and I would ask, first of all, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? I would put my hand up. And I would take my little whiteboard marker. I'd march over the whiteboard, and I'd ask people to yell it out. And they would tell me things like, I want to keep up with my kids. And I would love that, and I'd write that down. I want to have more energy, and I'd write that. I want to de-stress, and I would write that down. And we would make this huge list. And without fail, every single time, it would lack certain things. And I would point this out. I would turn to the crowd and I'd say, look, we've been talking now for two or three minutes. A lot of you have been yelling some stuff out here. Look at what's not on the board. Do you see it? And nobody did. And I would be like, look, where's the six-pack abs? None of you, of the thousand people in this, this crew right now, There's none of you that wants to have perfect six-pack abs. None of you that want to dominate other people with your health and with your fitness, that want to win some lifting competition. And I was blown away by that. The first couple of times it happened, I was like, this is an anomaly. I'm sure somebody will say, I want to have six-pack abs. That's what we think the fitness world is, don't we? It's, It's about, well, it's not for you and I. But the fitness world is selling itself to two things of yours and mine. It's selling to our insecurities and it's selling to our vanity. It's not selling to our health. It's weird. It's not how you sell health and fitness. I've tried. I've tried to sell health and fitness with just a healthy thing, talking about minimalism and how health should be the pursuit. Nobody cares. 
<laughs> you have to put a six-pack abs on there and go, you should aspire to this because you're less than until you get it. I'm kind of laughing inside, but that is true. That's how they do it, and we all know it, but we're still buying it, so it's going to stay around until we don't anymore. You have to understand your health. Know what health is and go for it. Mental, emotional, social, spiritual, intellectual, and environmental, fiscal, and physical. Now, once you get a definition of health, and I would say that's what all of us are going for, right? Once you get your definition of health, once you know what you're going for specifically, you can start filling in the gaps. And the biggest gap you want to fill in is that fitness gap. Watch this. All fitness doesn't count. There's this notion that all fitness counts. Anything I do for fitness, I call that Cheeto fitness. We talked about that in the last pod, last, last segment. All fitness doesn't count. And, and especially those of you that are up walking for fitness. If your doctor told you to do that, congratulations. Terrific. It's not a bad start. But understand, it is wholly, wholly um, inspecific. It's wholly lacking. And walking is just a, a little tiny piece of your fitness. So if you're out to get healthy um, and you'd like to use fitness to do it, let's use fitness that matters specifically to us. Okay? So if you have a generally physically, a general physical prepared, that's, that's the name of my company. It's GPP, right? If you want to become generally physically prepared, prepared, and you want to, and that includes losing weight and having more energy and de-stressing. Those are the, the pursuits that most people tell me, right? Most people are funny about it because they'll come in and say it right to you. Hi, how can I help you today? What, what is it that you're looking for? This lady looks me square in the eye. She goes, I just want my husband to look at me that way again. Oh, that's not a physical pursuit. That's not six-pack abs. That's cute. I love that. Understand what fitness is. Once you understand what health is and how to go at your health, understand that pit fitness is just a piece of that health, but it is the conduit. So let's get a more complete health. Let's get a healthier fitness. Let's talk about how to do that. In order to become all the way healthy, generally physically prepared. So I want to be able to lift heavy things. I want to be able to lift medium things. I want to lift light things over and over. I want to go long distance. I want to go long, short distances fast. I'm going to be able to jump a little bit. There's things that you want to do that make you, that you can do for general physical preparedness. And I ask you, does marathon training do that for you? Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? It doesn't. Know this. Physical fitness is a component of four things. You know your body does four things, and you should build your fitness program around the use it or lose it principle. If you don't use it, you will lose it, right? And that applies to your physicality. We know that. What am I going to lose, Neil? Well, think about the four things that your body does. Your body does four things, four things only. It pushes, it pulls, it squats, and it cores. The last one was a little weird. But it's true. When you push, you use half the muscles in your upper body. When you pull, you use the other half. The whole upper body is done now with those two moves, if you do them right. Okay? If you squat, you squat two parallel or below if your knees are okay with that and when you're ready to. Um, you use all the muscles in your lower body. Then when you core, understand your core does four things. It goes forward, it goes backwards, side to side, and twists. So once you understand, and if you're using the use it or lose it principle, 
once you understand the four things that your body do, now that compels you to have to do those four things, doesn't it? Let's let's look at a couple of different movement or, or training styles out there. Let's go to marathon training. I'm picking on them. I love marathons. I think people should run the equivalent of a marathon someday. Something truly emotionally, mentally, socially challenging. I believe in them. I think you should. But I do pick on their training protocol because a lot of people that are involved in marathon training do nothing else. And let's just examine that protocol by the four things we just learned. Your body does four things. Pushes, pulls, squats, and cores. Marathon trainers, where's the pushing? Oops. Where's the pulling? Oops. Now, if I don't use it, I lose it. I'm not pushing. I'm not pulling in my marathon training. I've lost. What have I lost? Well, I lost the ability to push and pull. That's important. Grandpa hasn't lost the ability to reach above his head, right? It didn't just go away. Grandpa didn't do it. Now he can't. That's what happens, right? And that's important. Understand if you don't use it, you lose it. You can run all you want. And unless you push and pull in comprehensive ways, you can't be completely healthy through fitness. You can be extra fit in very specific ways, in complete ways, but you can't be healthy through fitness. Does that make sense? Picking on marathon training, I know. But think about it. Push, pull, squat, core. Where's the core, marathoners? It's there. Cyclists, you got push, pull, squat, core. You got a lot of squat, teeny bit of push, and they're not comprehensive and almost no pull, and your cores are garbage. I've worked with you, and I am a cyclist, I know, right? Garbage. So understand, cycling can be a piece of your fitness, but it can't be all of it. If you're truly looking for health through fitness, you're going to have to address those other points and those other pieces. There's more, right? When you're building your healthy fitness program, there's more to know. I already know I have to push, pull, squat, and core. But the other important parts to know are that you have different systems meant to do different things. And if you don't use them, you lose them. What that means is if I'm going to push, I have to push things that are heavy medium and light because you have different systems that have different health benefits linked to heavy, medium and light. Well, Neil, I shouldn't, my doctor says not to go heavy. First of all, we don't go against doctor's orders. Second of all, um, the word is relative. My heavy might not be your heavy or it might be way too heavy for you. It's always relative, relative, heavy, relative, medium and relative light. Cool. Okay. So once you understand that there's more to it than just push, pull, squat, core, but there's also heavy, medium, and light, light means over and over and over again, then there are 10 more things to know. Oh, it's getting complicated, Neil. It's really not. You know these things. Let's discuss them. Okay? Your body has the ability to do 10 things. This, this is brilliant stuff. I, I learned this through Bruce Evans and Jim Crawley, Drs. Evans and Crawley. They came up with this. It's called the 10 General Physical Skills. I'm, that pull, I pull that right off of my memory. If, if I'm wrong about that, just go look it up. You'll see them. Um, Doctors Evans and Crawley came up with they were they were trying to create the the ultimate volleyball player, and what they came up with was that there are ten things that your body can do. Let's discuss those ten things. We we already know them, but let's go over them. One, cardiovascular exercise. Okay, now here's what we need to know about these ten general physical skills. Cardiovascular exercise has some specific health benefits that come with it. We know them, don't we? It'll decrease blood pressure, decrease cholesterol. It's good for your heart. It's good for your lungs. good for your pulmonary system. It's good for everything, right? Pulmonary, I mean your, your um, vascular system. We know that that's great for us. And so a lot of us participate in that. In fact, the, 
the CDC says you should be doing, I forget now, 50. I've stopped paying attention. I think it's 50 minutes a week. It's more than that. I got to look it up. I don't care though. And, and here's why, because they're wrong. What they have to, what you have to know is that you do have to participate in cardiovascular exercise, but just enough to stimulate growth or not to lose. Okay. And you'll still get the benefits of it. That's pretty cool. And we like that. So we know that there's cardiovascular benefit and we know there's cardiovascular fitness in a push-pull squat core way. The second thing we know is stamina. Now, stamina is a component of fitness that's not completely or directly related to cardiovascular exercise. So you got your cardio and your stamina and know this, the health benefits that you get from the one can't necessarily be gotten from the other. And that goes for all these 10 I'm about to, to name. So the health benefits I get from my cardio, I can't get necessarily from, let's say, my strength, which is coming up next, or my flexibility, which is coming up next, which now mandates our participation if we're to be healthy in all of these. It mandates my participation in flexibility training because I can't get flexibility benefits, the health benefits of flexibility, if I'm doing cardio, only cardio, ever cardio. See how that works? Okay, so that establishes the need. We have to do all 10 of these, right? So we have our cardio, we have our stamina, we have our flexibility, we have our strength. Those are only four. Now, we knew those four, but there are six more. And those of us that are participating in these four have left six full health benefits of exercise on the table. If you don't use it, you will lose it. So let's talk about the other six. Power, speed, and agility. Oh, but my doctor says, I know we never go against doctor's advice here, but power, speed, and agility are part of your day. You have health benefits linked to power, speed, and agility. You don't want to lose those health benefits. Therefore, I think it's appropriate for you to find ways of using power, speed, and agility. And you know you're using it. Did you, you don't walk up every flight of steps. Sometimes you trot up them. Power, speed, and agility. Agility, what's that? Your body's ability to change direction. That's it. Do you change direction ever? Yes. So why aren't we training in the gym for things that we do in real life? I know. Listen up, biceps curlers. You can use those biceps curls, but there's other parts of fitness that you need to be addressing. Coordination, balance, and accuracy are the last three, right? I got to work on my coordination. You can't just expect to have your coordination all the time, ever. You got to work on it. You got to work on it in comprehensive ways. And, and to be coordinated, you got to lift heavy things, medium things, and light things. See how it works? Do you see fitness? I know. That's more than they taught us with our marathon training. With our Hal Higdon marathon training protocol, it's great protocol. It works. It's incomplete for health in terms of fitness. Understand what fitness is and just go back and play this this third thing over and over, this third recommendation over and over and grab a complete understanding. I'm going to make this easy for you. GPPfitness.com. I post the workouts that achieve this type of fitness daily. Every single day. I, missed a, I haven't missed a post in 10 and a half years ever. You want to know what to do tomorrow? Here's a good way to get started. I'm using all of these things. I'm just throwing them at you. That being said, it's not the only way in the whole world. It might not be the way that you like, even though I don't care if you like it. All I care is you do it, and so does your body. So do the things that matter. Do the things that matter most. Cool? Exercise in comprehensive, complete ways. That's my third tip. Know your fitness. Then we know how it works with our health. And we have to know what our intentions are. See that? One, two, and three. Suggestion number four. Get your nutrition right. I think people over, way over complicate nutrition. 
way overcomplicated. Nutrition and proper nutrition is specific to you, A, and B, a moving target. I've always said that health and fitness is a moving target. This is more specific to nutrition. Nutrition is a very moving target. If you're getting it right today, you might not be getting it right next week. That's how dynamic nutrition is. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm not trying to scare you. But what I am saying to you is you should know that whatever you're doing needs to change. It needs to change constantly. And whatever you have to change, you probably can't get from somebody else because this will have to be a change that is specific to you. Okay? Let's not complicate the the, the matter. And then I'm going to complicate the heck out of it in a minute. If you were to get your nutrition right, you need to be considering three major things. The first thing is you have to know your calories. And you can't make a click anywhere in the world on your phone or on your computer these days without running into a calorie counter. This is not as difficult as it was in the 90s. So what I need you to know right off the bat is how many calories do you need in a day? And there are all kinds of different formulas for helping you factor this. But know this, they're all pretty close. Don't do anything this extreme, just anywhere on earth. What's that? that uh, my Fitness Pal is where you ought to go. That was Lindsay. That's my wife. Um, go to My Fitness Pal. Type that in. In fact, just go to Google. How many calories do I need in a day? And you'll get several million hits on how to make that and find out how many calories you do. Is it a calories in, a CICO, right? C-I-C-O, calories in, calories out game anymore? No, it isn't. But it is a component of it. And understand that if you are trying and you have a weight loss goal, you're going to need to know how many calories you can take in per day in order for you to start losing the weight that you like. If you have a a muscle gain goal, you're going to need to know how many calories you need. If you have a performance goal, you're going to need to know how many calories you got. So that's step one. Step number two is you need to know what effect those calories that you're eating will have on you. And remember, the foods that you eat are drugs. They are. They're drugs, right? And I can prove this. Think about it. How does an aspirin affect you? Can you take an aspirin? Have you ever tried one? It relieves you in general. There are people on earth that can be killed by that exact same aspirin. How is that possible? Don't make the mistake of thinking that broccoli isn't the exact same. Some people can't eat broccoli and shouldn't. And we know that with peanuts, right? A peanut is something that I love and I can eat a lot. I had a peanut butter sandwich before coming over here. But not everybody can eat a peanut. Why? Because the way that a food will affect each of us is different. And so we have to understand how the foods that I'm eating will affect me specifically. And the way we do that, which is we just break them down into macros. So how many proteins do I need? How much protein do I need every day? How much carbohydrate do I need every day? How much fat should I have every day? And that's the part we have to adjust. And that's the part you're going to have to learn that is specific to you. Because if you think that you're going to go talk to your friend and start and just assume their their macro um, allotment. So let's say they're a 40-30-30 person. They're, they're right in that Barry Sears, the zone stuff. If you think you're going to come in and use that and use theirs and get all the health benefits that they're getting if they're getting them, you may be mistaken. You might look out. You probably won't, though. The way that a calorie, the way that foods affect us are going to be different. Here's my, my conjecture on that. I think that that's the moving part of the target. That's the part of the target that's moving constantly. You have to understand how much protein you need. And I think you need to know how much protein you need per season. I know. 
I know that's too much thinking, Neil. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you got to drive around that body that you're in. And if you're like the lady that we were talking about at the beginning, if you're like, yeah, I'm not super comfortable in my own skin. I'm sorry. This is part of the process. I'm not sorry. I don't care. It's true. It is. So number one, know your calories. Number two, know your macros. And, and by knowing your macros, this is how your food will affect you. If you're feeling energetic, if you're getting all your sleep, if you're not getting sick very often, then you're probably in the hunt. You're doing it right. If you are opposite of all those things I just said, you need to work on your macros. Figure out exactly what, how much protein that you need. And remember, it's going to have to change. I know. I know that makes it difficult. Sorry. Number three. We've got know your calories, know your macros. Number three, eat real food. My best suggestion, if I have one, is eat real food. If it looks like it did in nature when it was harvested, the closer I can get it to look to that, probably the better for me. Does that mean I can't grind my seeds or can't grind my wheat and turn it into bread? Not really. I like the thought of that. But understand the more steps in the processing or the more processing steps in your food, the less nutritious it is for you. And then you can never get a hold or or a handle on the macros. And we just talked about that's what you need to know is how that food affects you. Once it becomes not food anymore, it's hard to determine how that's going to affect us anymore. So eat as closely to real food, I say hypocritically while gris- gripping my monster, my one-a-week monster, um, eat as close to nature as you can, right? If it's a protein and it had eyeballs or a mother, eat it. If it's got a whole bunch of big words on it that you don't understand, um, eat it more reservedly. I'm not saying don't eat whey proteins and stuff, but just eat it more reservedly. Don't make that your the the bulk of your food. I want to keep nutrition that simple, if you will. If you'll let me, let's just keep it that new, that simple for now. I have a lot of theories on that. I can't wait to see where that's going someday. And I, we'll talk about that. We'll we'll break it down in nutrition. I'm open to anything that works for you nutritionally. I am. I, I'm great with Metafast. I love it. I love Atkins. I love keto. I love paleo. I love them all. Because I've seen them work for everybody, which is a far cry from me just 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I was telling people all of those were dangerous and bad for you. But that just hasn't been my experience. So I'm not going to say that anymore. And I, I encourage you to experiment and find the ones that help you. Nutrition. Know your calories. Know your macros. Eat real food. You'll get in the hunt. Well, I wanted more than that. I know. Call the keto, guys. They'll give you more. Whole 30. Terrific stuff. Really good. Suggestion number five. I was arguing with myself all morning. I was like, I hate the word motivation, and I don't want to use it. I don't want to tell people how to become motivated, because if I've learned anything over the years, this is a you gig, and it's all about you. If you're going to become and stay motivated to be, to get healthy, you're going to have to find it from somewhere deep inside of yourself. And there's not much I can suggest to you that will help you. Because here's the bottom line. Everybody will say you should get a partner and that'll work for you. You know what breaks fitness and fitness goals? A partner. You go get a partner today, I can guarantee failure. Because if you hang your hat on the fact that that partner will show up, there will be something that happens to that partnership. Heck, most marriages don't last. That's not true anymore. But it used to be. It's even worse for 
exercising and exercise partnerships. It's fine if it motivates you in the short term. Just realize what it is and understand that motivation will be this long-term thing that you're going to have to participate in daily over and over and over. And I only have one piece of advice for becoming and staying motivated. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the back of your gym. I want you to walk in the door, walk as far from that front door in your gym as you can get. And I'd like you to take a permanent marker with you and walk to the back wall of where the farthest part from the front door, from any door really. And I'd like you to put your left hand, I don't care, right hand, put your left hand up on the wall and trace a picture, trace that hand. And this is how you become and stay motivated. You're going to have to show up. If you'll show up, you'll get motivated. If you'll be there, you'll get motivated. And the next time you walk in that gym, here's the rule. Every single day when you walk in that gym, you are to walk across that gym, walk to the farthest reaches of that gym, the deepest, darkest places, and you're to smack that handprint that you just drew. And that's it. You want to get healthy, you want to get fit, you're going to have to show up. And there are days that you're not going to feel like doing it. There are days you're going to want to sleep in. There are stressful days. There are hurtful days. And here's the rule. The rule is you still, no matter how you feel, you don't even get to sign yourself how you feel. You're going to have to get up every day, walk to the back of that gym and slap that handprint that you drew. Then you can make the decision. You want to work out now? Go home. I've seen people do it. There's a handprint on the back of my gym. You can walk right into GPP across the back. There's a handprint back there, farthest place away from the, the front door. And a lot of people will walk back there. They'll smack that handprint. 90-something percent of them will hit the workout before they leave. But I've seen people walk out. And that's fine. But tomorrow, you're going to have to walk back in and smack that handprint. Cool? I don't pretend to know that much about motivation. What I can tell you is, you're just going to have to show up. And those who show up find a way to become motivated. I can give you all the hints and the tips and the tricks. I think those are articles and shows that are meant for other people to give. My tip is show up. Do the stuff you don't care about. Do the stuff you don't want to do. But do it. And that's where the success lies. If you apply these five things, you'll become successful. Guaranteed. You can't miss. Let's go over them again. First thing you got to do is get your intentions right. Exercise specifically and exactly for your purposes. Understand those purposes will change. That's fine. Two, understand the word health. If you've got a healthy goal, you should know health. Health is a component of perfect balance. There is the result of perfect balance of mental, emotional, social, spiritual, intellectual, environmental, fiscal, and physical components. Number three, understand fitness. If you don't use it, you will lose it. We know that. Understand exactly what fitness is. If you'd like to become healthy as you can through fitness in a minimalistic way, meaning you don't have to overdo it because your fitness serves you and you don't serve your fitness, then understand what fitness is, what your definition of fitness is. And just understand that it's the same for all of us. This is the one cool thing. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. Your body has all of those things I named in that section. Number four, Nutrition. Get it right. Know your calories. Know your macros. That's how your, your calories will affect you. And eat real food. And lastly, show up. Go to the back of the wall of the gym that you're working out in. Smack the handprint you drew. And then you can make the decision where to go. I hope that was helpful today.
Um, wanted to talk to you about that for a long time. Again, if you're interested or you just don't want to do all that work, cool, gppfitness.com. I'll do all the work for you. It's all there. There's videos. You can see what to do. And I'd love you to follow along, and it's free. And I'll make that free forever. Fun little discussion today. I'm excited to come back next week with another guest, and then you don't have to have uh, Neil fatigue as much as you had today. But I appreciate you following along with me. Love your feedback on this show, and I appreciate you joining us. You've been listening to Return to Real, the honest health and fitness show with me, Neil Anderson. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.